Greetings, cinephiles. Are you looking for a movie analysis podcast that stands above the rest? Then look no further than Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters. We analyze good movies, we analyze bad movies, and yes, we also analyze the in-betweens of the world of cinema. So if you like what you hear, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. And yes, my friends, we are 420 friendly. So when you listen to us, smoke smoke it it if you've got got it. it. And now... Here's a new episode of Collateral Gaming. The show starts right now. Tonight on the holiday edition of the bonus round, we are diving into our top five favorite episodes of season two of The Angry Video Game Nerd. So stick around. The show starts right now. Welcome to Collateral Gaming Bonus Round. I'm Ashley Chancellor. And I'm Bo Maddox. And happy holidays. Yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast, so whatever you have, smoke it if you've got it. Absolutely, and I'm glad to uh, be back on uh, Collateral Gaming Bonus Round uh, to celebrate our uh, post-holiday edition. Yeah, it's kind of more of a post-holiday episode, but we technically never had a holiday episode on Collateral Gaming. Um, Yeah, everything this season's been kind of late, but here we are. We're celebrating the holidays season uh, by uh, watching the Angry Video Game Nerd, as we have been. Uh, We do have a, a holiday special that's supposed to come out. I'd like to get that out this week, even if it's late. Um, but, uh, yeah, for now, this is what we got. Uh, last year we did season one of the angry video game nerd. So if you'd like to listen to our top five favorite angry video game nerd episodes from season one, you can go listen to that from last year. I think the year before that, we just focused specifically on holiday episodes. Uh, yeah. And that was a fun episode as well. I, I believe that there is a playlist on YouTube with all of his, uh, uh, holiday episodes, so I, I highly recommend around the holidays to go and watch that. I mean, it, it it's just classic internet, you know? Hell yeah. And, I mean, this whole thing started because, Bo, you, as we've mentioned on the podcast before, uh, have sort of a tradition of watching the Angry Video Game Nerd around the holidays, so we've sort of brought that tradition into Collateral Gaming, and here we are. We're kind of making it a seasonal thing now. Absolutely, and I mean, there's so many seasons to to get into with uh, AVGN. I mean, uh, I mean, but his earlier seasons, to me, I mean, they have the best flow to them. Obviously, I mean, a, a lot of people, you know, they tend to comment on the quality of his newer material. It's like it, there was an era where it did kind of, it wasn't completely up to snuff, but. Nowadays, it does kind of seem like he's going back to his original style. I mean, if, if any of his uh, more recent episodes uh, can be, uh, we, we can glean anything off of those. So, Yeah, and I mean, AVG in season two feels very much like the season one episodes, if maybe a slightly higher production quality. Absolutely. But you know? um, in the interest of brevity, I guess we'll go ahead and get into our favorite season two episodes. I'll start with you, Bo. Well, my my first choice is t- 
to me, quite possibly one of the funniest uh, uh, concepts uh, when it comes to AVGN and also one of the funniest uh, guest uh, characters as well. And that's, of course, uh, Bugs Bunny in Bugs Bunny's Birthday Blowout. Like, I mean, not only is the game just a very, very, you know, awful platformer and everything, but he uses this to just uh, bring in quite possibly one of his funniest recurring gags, you know? I mean, we, we see uh, the Bugs Bunny character, played by Mike Matei, come in uh, quite a few uh, other times in later seasons. Uh, what's up, Doc? What's up, Doc? <laughs> I mean, yeah, Mike Matei really leans into the obnoxiousness with uh, Bugs Bunny. I mean, and recognizing rightfully so that that's kind of what Bugs Bunny is as a character. He's a very uh, obnoxious, uh, antagonistic uh, person or, or rabbit, as it were. So, I mean, here you also have the uh, fight between them, which is like you just see uh, the nerd just kick the living shit. Yeah, it wasn't of much of a fight. It's kind of one-sided. The the, the nerd is just beating the shit out of Bugs Bunny. And it's hilarious because throughout the episode, he even talks about it. I mean, when he first sees Bugs and, you know, later on, he's like, you know, he, he's, he sounds like he's excited to see him. He talks about him like he's one of the greatest cartoon characters of all the time. But he's just beating the shit out of him the entire episode. And it's great. Well, maybe it's kind of good to see Bugs uh, as a character hoisted by his own petard a little bit, you know? Just ha have some of that bullshit kind of flipped around on him. <laughs> and it's hilarious, too, because it seems like the nerd is just, like, venting his frustration out uh, 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 of the game out on Bugs Bunny, who is just kind of sitting there just saying, just being obnoxious, but not being downright offensive. Not necessarily, <laughs> no. <coughs> but... I mean, it, it's it's funny because, I mean, he comes back in the, the Crazy Castle episode, which is kind of a whole nother uh, big production, you know, and a pretty big production for uh, AVGN and, and whatnot. But here, I, I just find this to be a very funny episode. It's It's got a great uh, dynamic between the characters and, you know... I mean, maybe, I, I don't know if the joke gets played out in later seasons, but the first couple of times he does it is, is spot on. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. I just, I love the, the violence of it. I love how he does a fucking Shoryuken. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> on Bugs Bunny. Exactly, man. And I mean, obviously, like any of the games that he reviews, uh, that game looks like ass. Absolutely. Like, unequivocally. <laughs> Also, why did the Looney Tunes characters like antagonize Bugs and like fight him and only to like show up at his birthday party? What a bunch of S fucking jerks. Saying that they were playing like what a bunch of weird tricks on him. Yes, that, funny that, tricks that, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Funny tricks. We'll put it that way. Yeah, yeah. We we, we can go ahead and just kind of leave it there. <laughs> But uh, did you have anything else to say about this episode? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, that's all, fucks. <laughs> okay, there you go. Yeah, you can say that. <laughs> that's all, fucks. Moving on to my first choice, or I guess you could say my number five choice. Um, I don't know if they're necessarily in order in order, but 
Uh, I'm going to start with Die Hard, uh, which is perhaps a little bit more pertinent to the Christmas season, as Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Absolutely, yeah. So it only makes sense to go into the game, which, incidentally, I have uh, running on my PS Classic right now. We have the... uh, It's on emulation. And, I mean, from the looks of it, I mean... Most of these old school isometric games, I mean, they can be a little tricky to really get into, especially on the NES, you know, Mm -hmm. because, I mean, a a lot of those, you you know, like, you know, Smash TV and whatnot, they they were like dual stick shooters, you know, that Mm -hmm. was the best way to do that, you know, because you can want one one joystick controlled your movement, the other one controls your... uh, your your weapons and where you're firing your weapons. Like a good another good example is Ikari Warriors. That's mm-hmm. what that was in the uh, arcade. But on Nintendo, of course, you have that limited control, and I mean you can't really do particularly great diagonal shots or anything. And this game, it really shows like big time. Yeah, I mean, and the way that James describes the game is that it's very difficult, and I think every single time you have to start over. So it's just having, and you have to defeat every single enemy in the building, uh, going up and down between floors uh, with a very difficult to control control scheme. And on top of that, there's a whole foot mechanic, which sounds interesting in theory. I mean, it does kind of tie into the movie with the fact that John McLean, you know, was barefoot the other the whole time and his feet got beat to shit and he had to walk over glass but when you in, in, in practice when you make that into a game mechanic and you don't do it very well <laughs> yeah exactly i mean but but like i said it's kind of par for the course with these old isometric uh, 8-bit games you know especially if they're trying to port from an arcade mm-hmm. game and whatnot so I, I think what really sucks is the fact that you have to break glass and walk over the glass in order to progress that's kind of fucked. I mean, if it was just kind of something like, okay, you got to watch out for glass once in a while, I'd be like, okay, that's an interesting mechanic. But and, it and sounds a, downright frustrating the way the nerd describes it. And, and it's a callback to the movie, of course. You know? Right. But it's an interesting mechanic, and it's a neat little. It's. I, I think I mentioned that it's a neat little callback to the movie, but you know, it's not. Uh, yeah. What's funny is a lot of the things that he complains about in some of these games in a modern game seems like could be implemented reasonably well. But back in the day when you played a video game based on a movie, you kind of just expected to go through the the action-heavy parts of the game and have a kick-ass time, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. And and they tried to do this with, uh, with this game, but, you know, I mean, I, the execution is a little... Wonky, but as far as an episode, the episode itself is concerned, as an a- angry video game episode, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel uh, it's kind of pretty straightforward. Really, yeah. I a- mean, a- as straightforward as you can get with AVGN. It's a pretty standard AVGN episode. Yeah, but but it but it makes sense to choose it for a holiday special. You know, like you said, Die Hard is Christmas is a Christmas movie. Yeah, and I, I think I like it because it's obvious that. You know, James Ralph is a big fan of the movie franchise, or um, at least the movie that this is based on. Uh, you know, like some of his other episodes, where you can tell he's definitely a fan of the material. And so it it, it sucks to see, you know, a game based on something that you really enjoy just not execute very well. Yeah, and we do have to point out that at the beginning of this episode. Uh, the nerd totally points out kind of an elephant in the room, which is the similarity of the uh, 
the uh, title screen and the uh, logo to, you know, 9-11. Yeah, it's like the way that, like, the Nakatomi building is, like, highlighted. looks like the Twin Towers for some reason. It's scarily uh, reminiscent of it. Yeah, that's weird, right? When did this game come out? Uh, I think uh, probably a year after the uh, movie. Same year that the movie came out, I would imagine. I so think. that is kind of creepy. Yeah. I mean, I didn't figure it came out in 2001, but I'm just saying, you know, just to point it out, like, <laughs> you know, that, that, that is a little weird. Yeah, definitely. But I guess moving on. Uh, my next uh, episode is actually the first proper console review that... Uh, uh, AVGN did, and that's the Atari 5200. Now, in the first season, he did do the Power Glove, but that's a peripheral. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to remember that. This is the first console review, and I do like the console reviews that the Angry Video Game Nerd does. Yeah, they are actually some of the highlights of his uh, of his channel, of, of the Cinemassacre uh, uh, channel and whatnot. And, I like uh, the flow of some of these episodes because it's like, you know, it's just kind of going game by game and, and kind of going through like a few different highlights. What's interesting about this one is that he doesn't even really actually get into any of the games proper because he can't get the thing to fucking work. No. I, I, and I love <laughs> that that's that he just went ahead and went with it and just took his broken ass Atari 5200 and still featured it and everything because of its, you know, it still has had uh, historical significance, but also because it's such a piece of shit that he has to show, you know, here's that big ass fucking AC adapter, that weird ass TV box that it clicks into, you know. It's it's like and, and then the fact that the goddamn controllers while innovative just could never work properly. No, he he doesn't actually get to play any of the games because the 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 controller that comes packaged with the box infamously uh does not work. The the uh the the trackball controller doesn't work for shit either. And even the third party controller which is supposed to work and advertised as such, doesn't even plug into the console. <laughs> it's like, I feel like that that really happened behind the scenes, and he was just like, oh, no, I got to incorporate this into the episode. That's like, I, I have to. Well, and you it's know? funny, too, because he spends a good deal of the episode just showing the struggle of plugging the damn thing in. Uh, you know, and it, it kind of gets into a little bit of slapstick humor, which is nice. It really is. I mean, this in, in a way, this is also uh, the nerd taking the piss out of himself a little. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, yeah, he's, he kind of is uh, just really struggling to plug in this stupid fucking console, you mm-hmm. know? And he, even saying, like, look, we, the only way to play Atari is on a piece of shit TV, you know? I, that's true, though. <laughs> it and, really is. And he makes a good point about how, like, Atari games were, there was a charm to the to them in that you couldn't really actually, like, see things in detail. You kind of had to use your imagination in order to play them, and, and that was part of the charm uh, of these types of games. Um, and it's easy to kind of rag on it, you know, but the Atari 2600 was actually kind of a hit and had sort of that feel to it. Unfortunately, the Atari 5200, in the words of the nerd, is a total p- piece of fucking shit. <laughs> it, it absolutely is, man. And, I mean, I have good memories of the Atari 2600. My mom, uh, that she had uh, that, and uh, that was like my first uh, real console, my first proper console. 
But I mean, I never really got around to the 5200, and it's like looking at this shit. I'm I'm kind of glad. I mean, I remember like in television and ColecoVision more than I remember this uh, console. So yeah, yeah. But I mean, overall, it's it's it has a real significance uh, for being the nerd's first proper console uh, episode, and I mean. I believe that you picked a, picked one as well, a couple of them. I did, Yours. actually. So, the, incidentally, my next pick is actually, um, and I kind of consider this two parts to an episode, but the Sega CD and uh, Sega 32X episodes, which I kind of feel come hand in hand. Now, I actually have personal experience with this entire setup. Really? My yeah. My uh, friend uh, Joey, uh, or Joseph, I guess he prefers to be called nowadays. He's a uh, yeah. If you're listening, uh, hey man, how's it going? Like, uh, hope the album is going well. Um, but he had the full setup. He had the Sega, he had the Sega CD, and he had the 32X. Jesus. He had the whole thing, and I remember sitting there looking at this thing. I'm just like, what the fuck is this, dude? It's like, uh, it's like my 32X. It's like. Why did you get this? It's funny because it's like I mean, DLC for consoles. It, that's literally what it is. It, 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 and they were already uh, actually developing a 32X console, the, the Neptune, that was supposed to be a little primer for uh, for the Sega Saturn. But which it, flopped. <laughs> which flopped in its own right because they did a really, really dumb thing by releasing it immediately after E3. Man, how did that happen? Because you went from the Sega Genesis, which is still fondly remembered. Some would even argue um, better than its competitor, the Super Nintendo. Well, what, what Genesis does, what Nintendo don't. You know, <laughs> I mean, that, that's exactly what they do. What but they you do. go from that to this series of, of peripherals, I guess you could call them. Uh, and or like add-ons that that are not standalone consoles to you know uh, the Neptune, which never released, and then the Saturn, which just completely flopped. Thankfully, the Dreamcast is still fondly remembered, but from what I understand, that was kind of an underrated release. Very underrated. I remember the Dreamcast release well. I mean, it was. It was an interesting time because it was an interesting alternative, too, because, I mean, the games on it were very playable, very yeah. playable games. And I've heard a lot of good things about the Dreamcast, which... Yeah, it, it, it had the first real uh, MMORPG on a console with Fantasy Star Online. I oh, mean, yeah. it had some uh, passable ports of, like, Unreal Tournament and uh, Quake and whatnot, you know, Quake 2. Fuck yeah. It, it, it had been pretty good... Uh, I mean, I think that's where uh, NBA 2K series starts. That, mm. That's where that starts, and that became a very, uh, a very classic uh, uh, sports franchise. So, I mean, it, yeah, Dr Dreamcast was a real jumping off point for a lot of interesting, uh, interesting games. Hell but yeah, but getting into the Sega CD, I think what's interesting about this is that uh, the the con you know the whole the console. Uh, touted, you know, this whole like full motion video thing, except it fucking sucked. It was this tiny ass little box that was surrounded by UI, and most of the games that the nerd shows off in this episode aren't really games as much as they are, you know, kind of point and click adventures in between it, full motion video it, segments. It's pretty much the Philips uh, CDI effect. Yeah. You know, that, that that's what it was. It was. And, what, and most of those games were pretty much full motion video games. Well, so. And that's not to say that point and click adventure games aren't games, because they are, but I think during this era, you know, 
that was wasn't something you would have expected for a Genesis peripheral. And on top of that, yeah. you know, I, I think it was that like a lot of these just weren't really all that interesting and and a lot of the gameplay was literally just watching these cutscenes that they were really trying to show off. Yeah, I mean, I remember Sewer Shark, and I remember another. Uh, it was another helicopter shooting game where you were uh, you were in these helicopters, and you had to. I don't remember what it was called, but you had to shoot down other enemy helicopters. I remember it being very difficult to control the reticle properly mm-hmm. to actually shoot the yeah. enemies. So. so some of the more interesting ones, the ones that look like they might be kind of fun, are the ones that are shooters. And yeah. even those just seem kind of blah. Like, I've played something like this, and it probably doesn't even control all that well. <laughs> and, and interestingly enough, there's a game uh, in this uh, that he uh, mentioned in this review, a Corpse Killer. I don't think it was Corpse Killer. Corpse Killer is another... No, no, it, it is Corpse Killer, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it... It was it was such a shitty game that he couldn't even review it, and he 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 eventually had to do a standalone episode on it. I'd because, like to see that because it was actually on uh, Philip CDI as well. Okay, so 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 yeah, it it was a very interesting console. You know, I mean, I remember it well, and I don't remember playing very many 32x games because I I I don't think that my friend Joey like, actually picked up any actual 32x games maybe eternal champions but i just thought it was funny like seeing everything put together and all three of these like actually had ac adapters so you had to have them all plugged in there was no way you could you could do it with a single wall outlet you needed a fucking power strip for that shit and you needed another wall outlet pretty much yeah yeah because you got to plug the tv and the genesis and the the Sega CD and the 32X. I mean, how much fucking power are you using here? <laughs> An astronomical amounts. You, you're 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 practically running three goddamn consoles at once. And it's funny because the game library is not even that big. So imagine wasting all of your money on this shit just to play a, a couple shitty games. I mean, seriously, one of the best games on the Sega CD is just a, a re a remaster of Sonic the Hedgehog. Which Sonic funny, CD. funny enough is considered, you know, arguably one of the better Sonic games. But I mean, it's just like the 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 diamond in the rough, basically. It really is, you yeah. know. And it's like you had to buy all this shit just to get it. You might as well just play the original Sonic the Hedgehog or any of the other early games on the Genesis. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, man, that whole thing is just a mammoth, and it, it's cool to f- to hear that like you actually have kind of a personal experience with that, and you were able to see that because that thing just is a monstrosity. You've got this fucking mushroom shit on top, and and like <laughs> I I just want to know how many people actually fucking bought all of this shit. Well, apparently Bes- my my buddy, <laughs> besides your buddy Joe, you know, like <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, apparently he did. Yeah, that that that's funny. Did he pay full price? I don't know. Probably. I mean, his, his parents more or less got it for him. I mean, this is when we were all younger. You I like, know, we I like it when the nerd says, I paid $2.50 for this at a flea market. I'm dead fucking serious. I'm pretty sure that they're uh, they're a little more expensive because, you know, the gaming market is kind of Oh, kinda nowadays, stupid. yeah. It, it, the, yeah, the gaming market is fucking stupid like that. I mean, we kind of looked it up. We, I mean, I, I remember looking up, you know, how much it would cost just out of curiosity to get a CDI and be able to play that on original hardware. Not that I was actually considering doing it, but out of morbid curiosity. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's unattainable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And, and that, was, that was a machine that was expensive for its time when it came out. Yeah. So 
it's even more expensive now because apparently people want to collect shitty games. So. Assuming that's around the same time frame because, I mean, there was this era where they were really trying to push CD gaming, but it just wasn't there yet. At least uh, not on consoles. On, on I remember on PC, full motion video being pretty on point. Yeah. But that was when you, if you had a good, expensive uh, uh, unit, you know, and that was back when practically to get a full computer, you had to, like do a credit check and shit, you know, for the most part. You had to, that, that's how, what you had to do to get a computer back wow. in the day. You had to get on, you had to finance it pretty much. But I, I so, like the way that he ends uh, one of these episodes. I don't remember if it was the CD one or the 32X one, but he, he, um, he, he, he fucking fires an arrow and, and explodes. That's, that's the 32X one. Yes. I, th I thought, so. <laughs> I thought it was the end of the, of the whole sequence. Cause I thought that was pretty funny. Like he just has a bow. Is that just one of his hobbies? He just probably. He archery? I would imagine. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a nice compound bow as well. Reminded Very me nice. of what we did with uh, Master of Disguise. After uh -huh. we were done oh yeah, that. <laughs> yes, definitely. That got eaten by a lawnmower, and I'm happy about that. Oh well, you're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be really pissed when you have to rebuy the movie for our Redux. I'm not rebuying that fucking movie. <laughs> I will pirate that movie before I buy it again. <laughs> Absolutely not. All right, but moving on. Moving on. My next pick is uh, Atari Porn. Uh, now, the episode that actually didn't wasn't originally on YouTube. No, it, it's on YouTube now, but it's been... He just had to fucking release a censored version of it. Yeah. But uh, we do, you can find the uncensored version of it on YouTube. It's pretty easy to find. I, just think, it's, I think it's just not on his channel. No, not on his channel. It, it, it might. No, I, I don't think that it's on his channel, actually. I think that he actually uh, left it out of his uh, season two uh, uh, multi. Yeah, yeah you know, that's he, what I'm saying. He, he left it out of that. Yeah, and originally yeah. I think he only released the episode on the Cinemassacre website, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but it, it found its way onto YouTube eventually. Yeah, people have uploaded it. You're just going to have to watch it somewhere other than and from the official Cinemassacre channel. Oh, my <laughs> God. Let me tell you. People people back in the day, what the fuck were y'all on getting off to Atari porn? I mean... I want to know. What like, the fuck? Were these game devs just like really fucking horny? What's funny is that none of this really actually feels erotic. It's none of it. No, none of it does. Like, like I mean, it starts off with Custer's Revenge, which, I mean, is an infamous game. I mean, it practically needs no introduction, really. Out of all the games on the list, it's the only one that I had heard of before and have considered doing at some point on the podcast. Yeah, it's. I, I'm pretty sure it's pretty easy to find a ROM of that, and, it, and it's very easy to emulate uh, Atari 2600. So, yeah, yeah, it's a game that's literally about trigger warning. Yeah, rape. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, col col colonization as well. Yeah, it's it's very colonial bullshit. So it, it is, um, yeah, it's, it's a little uncomfortable. I don't even know if I could bring myself to play it, man. That's kind of fucked up. I'd, I'd play it, but just for historical purposes. Yeah. Because, you know? I mean, it, it is a moment in history. It's, it's kind of like it would be funny. Well, I mean, I'd play it. It, 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 <laughs> would, it would be funny to find one of the original versions of Grand Theft Auto San Andreas that you can access the hot coffee uh, minigame. It'd be kind of funny to unlock it and play it just for the historical, uh, just for historical purposes, you know. Yeah. 
because I mean that 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 in and of itself was a real uh, historical hot point for video games. You True. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and Custer's Revenge is is just one of those like what the fuck moments like you hear about and you're like wait this existed. It absolutely did. And the dude has a full like pixelated hard on and everything. Oh, all these games they have uh, penises that are just like flopping with every. Uh, movement what's funny is that all these <laughs> games fail as games they're very simple rudimentary games even for the time one of them is literally a berserk clone but it's like a a woman uh like if supposedly they're banging dudes or the other way right it's, it's bachelor party and bachelorette party yeah that's what they're called and, 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 uh, albeit shoddily executed very shoddily executed very badly <laughs> Or what was that one game where that the naked dude is making a bridge to get to fuck the uh, the princess? Oh yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, what was that? And then there's the that literal prostitution simulator. <laughs> Jesus it's, like, it's literally Christ. a prostitution sim on the Atari. It's like, what the fuck, man? I don't know. I I, I think I think the points of the point of these games was kind of just shock value, just kind of a wow, like most like yeah, look what we could do with video games. The, remember, this is supposed to be a family entertainment. Yeah, you know? I mean, and you know, there's the, there's the flip side of that where you know people started making you know uh, illegal uh, 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 Bible games and shit. Yeah, that's the flip side of it. Absolutely. What's funny is that the Atari port is actually legal. The Bible games were illegal. They were illegal as fuck. The, yeah, the, the porn games were actual porn. They, they were actually made by com- legitimate companies. Anybody could everything. make a game for Atari and you could play it on yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was kind of an early uh, open source model. It really was, you know? And now you look at uh, Eero Games now, and it's just like, wow, it did not lead to great things, did it? No, but I mean, who hasn't gone to wetpussygames.com? I mean, I mean, you Let's have be real, but you do have that straight line from Custer's Revenge to something like Rapely, which is like uh, absolutely egregious. Don't ever play Rapely. Don't don't ever fucking look for that game. Don't fucking play it. It's it's awful, awful shit. Like I mean, Custer's Revenge is quaint compared to that. Yeah. Uh. But but yeah, this 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 episode is funny though. <laughs> it, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> this, this episode was at least fun, you know, and, and it's why I wouldn't want him to do any more of those types of games again. Because, I mean, I do remember that. I mean, even back in the day, you could uh, on Super Nintendo, you could get uh, like uh, you can get like hentai uh, image uh, ROMs and whatnot. And you can uh, look at hentai on Super Nintendo. If you look on if you look online in uh, certain Super Nintendo ROM sites, you can find them. But, yeah. but I mean, yeah, the, the the early versions of these games were more funny than anything. Yeah, e- even with the the dodgy content, you know. Right, and it's just funny seeing like his reaction to all of this. It really is, and it's a damn shame that he had to fucking censor it. I know. God he, damn it. he had to release a, a censored version of his first season. Oh, yeah. And it's all because of the goddamn stupid YouTube algorithms. Oh, it's fuck fucking, the YouTube algorithm. It's fucking bullshit. It's like, I mean, it, it's, it's why we have, a bra- we have a cinema snob that barely cusses anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. The I angry d- video game nerd cusses like a shit storm, Oh, he, he still. He, he still does, but that's because he has that... Uh, 
he he has the uh, clout to do that. Yeah. But it's weird because you would think that the cinema snob would have that clout as well. But one might think. But you, you would think, you know. But it's all it's also the TikTokification of everything. You know how, you know people like to use unalive instead of dead or you know and whatnot because. TikTok's algorithm is really, really weird like that. Twitch, too. Twitch as well. Yeah, it's also Twitch. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, come on. (laughs) I mean, I understand, but I mean, come on. Come on, yeah. Come the fuck on. If you just have to substitute words, it's just stupid, honestly. It's stupid. And it it, it takes the impact away when you need to use them. Right. You know, even for important shit. But anyway, yeah, Atari porn, if you can find the uncensored version, watch it. Thanks for sending me this crappy game. Coal would have been nice, or even better, a bag of poop. So thanks. pick is actually going to be uh this uh this episode's uh, christmas pick and that's an angry nerd christmas carol i think i actually mentioned these uh pair of episodes there's a part one and part two uh back in our first avg and uh christmas episode list yeah but uh i wanted to bring this up because again it, it is one of the better episodes in my opinion because i like how like it's one of his more like narrative episodes or, or a pair of episodes that they're just he kind of is a he, he kind of does a skit with it and a lot of those ones are the ones that i actually enjoy yeah yeah he he was using skits early on you know a, a lot it's something that i mean for a lot of people it's kind of fallen out of favor on youtube with the review channels and whatnot and that's sad it, it is i mean i i mean i would say that there's some uh, that do it better than others you know like Personally, some of the skits on Nostalgia Critic is kind of eh But like, me. But if we ever like, wrench so. out into YouTube content, I kind of feel like that's the direction I would want to go in and to kind of differentiate it from our main content is kind of do a little bit more skit-type stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's just that we, mean, we need to make sure that, it, that we're actually good at it. True. <laughs> you know? True that. Yeah. But uh, An Angry Nerd Christmas Carol is cool. I think part one is basically just a review of Home Alone 2. And then it kind of leads into uh, the rest of it. But part two is where we start getting into, like, he does a whole ghost of Christmas past, yeah, present, it, and future. It, it's all, it's all uh, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Yeah. That's, that's what, that's what it all, it's all based off of. And I, I really like that. I think it's really funny. It's really, it's really uh, fun and interesting. You yeah. Know? It, it, he basically did an adaptation for a YouTube review. And he made an adaptation of an existing uh, narrative. So, which is funny because uh, in the other uh, in our director's cut episode we're going to record tonight, there's there's another allusion to a Christmas Carol we're going to talk about. But yeah, yeah, um, I like how he even goes back to the past. 
to play the shitty games and suck ass. Now, um, to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we actually get to see a young James Rolfe, and what's funny is he's one hundred percent like in character still. That's what I love about it. Like it, I, I'm like watching this kid, and it's like, wait, that's the nerd. Like 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 a part of this character he plays is based on his real life persona, and you can tell. Yeah, yeah. Looking back when he was a kid playing video games, he was yelling and screaming at that shit back then. Yeah, and he was like, it's "My like, first sixteen-bit machine." I was like, "It's like yeah, he's bro." It's like he's just kind of always been like that, I guess. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the Nintendo sixty-four kid. I don't know. A little <laughs> bit, yeah. <laughs> classic, classic internet right there. But you know, he kind of goes through different. Uh, he goes through the past, the present, the future, and manages to wrap a few game reviews into it. Uh, during the present segment, what was it that he ended up reviewing? Ooh, I'm trying to remember. And then the present second. I know that he did uh, Home Alone and 2 in the first part. In the second part, he I, I know that he did a couple of uh, Wii games as the ghost of, uh, with the Ghost of Christmas Future. You know? Yeah, yeah. when we get into the future, that was actually kind of cool because he actually travels to the future and it's like how we would envision like a future AVGN episode and he's an old man and he's reviewing the Wii as like a retro console and which, going through which some shitty Wii games. at that time was a contemporary console when this episode released. Right, that's what I kind of assumed. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's him several years in the future, which is kind of in a weird way prophetic. You know, I mean, look at him. I mean, he's an old man doing this shit now. Oh, it was Shaq Fu. How yeah, it was Shaq Fu. Shaq, Shaq Fu. Fu. <laughs> yeah, which in which got a remake. How did that get a I remake? I don't know. It, I, I guess it became a meme. Yeah. So it, that it, tracks. It's, it's another one of those meme games. It's like when Morbius like tried to re-release in theaters because of the meme status and then flopped. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Why is Shaq Fu a thing? Like I just have to know. Like because you just have to know how big basketball was in the '90s. Like honestly, '90s was pretty much peak NBA. About as peak as you're going to get with uh, basketball and popular culture. You know. So and and Shaquille O'Neal was a huge part of that. I mean, Shaquille O'Neal was like a, he was like a giant in the '90s, you know, and it was because of his stature and his personality and everything. And I mean, uh, here he I mean he uh, he got his own fighting game, and uh, not a very good one, <laughs> yeah. not a particularly good one. No, but yeah, a Angry Nerd Christmas Carol I think is is one of the more uh, fun Christmas episodes. In fact. Uh, I, I like, uh, you know, just the whole, like, ghost of Christmas past, present, and future skit. Uh, I love how the nerd is Scrooge. I mean, I think that that's kind of fitting. <laughs> it really is. Very fitting. And the episode ends with him, like, like awakening back up, and, and he has this moment where, like, he, he experiences Christmas joy again, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to play good games. And he's like, play Super Mar Super Mario World. Play Super Mario World. Yeah. And he's like, Nah, fuck that. Let's play some shitty games. And then that's what leads into the Virtua, the, the that's what leads into the uh, Virtual Boy. Oh yeah, shit. I think. Yeah, he has the Virtual Boy at the end. I don't know if the next episode is the Virtual Boy episode because I don't remember watching that. I don't remember that watching that either. But, but. I thought I thought it was funny. It's a funny little reference. <laughs> it is. It really is. But anyway, <laughs> I guess uh, my next pick is uh, Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, which is really cool because it's a great tribute to the original John Carpenter movie. It, it's an awesome uh, uh, send-up of uh, Halloween. It is 
does actually. In fact, there's kind of a like a cinematic quality there. Like, like it, I, I, it looks kind of like you know like a good fan film at parts. It really does. And you know, you have Mike Matei, I, be, I believe, playing uh, Michael as well, uh. and he, he plays it to full effect. You know, plays the shape. You know, he pretty much is the shape. Yeah, honestly, it's pretty good considering uh, this is a fun episode. You know, it's kind of like a follow up to. Uh, the uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th episodes and, and he did in the previous season. Specifically, it's the second uh, part of his Halloween special. He did uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre right. Atari game, and then he did the uh, Halloween Atari game, which is kind of an interesting game, actually, to me, because, I mean, for one, as a horror game, I mean, we see some uh, early uh, video game gore here. Mm-hmm. You know, we have uh, an early decapitation and an early... Uh, we, we even have a kid getting killed in this game, which doesn't even happen in the fucking movie. So it's like, it's like holy shit, the, that, that game kind of goes hard a little bit, you know? It does! Uh, and uh, instead of play, getting to play as Michael Myers, which actually would have been cool, you actually get to play as Laurie Strode, except she's she's just identified as the babysitter in the manual, right? Yeah, she's just the babysitter. And there's like an infinite number of kids, and like the kids can actually fucking die. The game continues. Yeah, yeah, straight up like uh, spurting blood and everything. L- yeah. Little old school uh, uh, Atari blood. Man, that's hard. <laughs> like I said, it goes hard. Yeah. For 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 an early horror game. I mean, there's a lot more you could get away with when graphics just weren't so in depth. Yeah. You know, when so much was left to the imagination, you know, it just felt like, I mean, like, like I said, we have those straight up porn games, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, that was something they could do. This episode's also interesting, too, because he doesn't just talk about the Halloween game, right? I mean, he also talks about another uh, Halloween um, uh, themed game, uh, which was Frankenstein's Monster. Frankenstein's Monster, and also another, like, a haunted house game that was on yeah. the Yeah. Where you play as, like, fucking Meatwad, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's kind of almost an early, maybe an early proto-survival horror, kind of. Yeah. Very early su- proto-survival horror. but and, and the episode's kind of framed by this this thing where uh, uh, the nerd actually has to babysit some kids, which is an interesting allusion to uh, the uh, to, to, Halloween, to Halloween, mind you. Exactly. But part of me also wonders if maybe he wasn't actually babysitting some like a friends or family members' kids in real life. Yeah, <laughs> and right. Just roped them into doing an episode with him. Like, hey, you guys want to you, you guys want to want to do an episode on a shitty game? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, y- y'all want to beat the shit out of a, out of a grown up? <laughs> <laughs> and those kids I, have fun with it. You could tell. Hey, hey if I was a kid, I would have. It's like you mean I get to dress up like uh, Optimus Prime and kick the shit out of an adult? It's like, I would have been down as a kid. Fuck. <laughs> I would have been down dope. for that. You dope. You dope. And he makes them play. Like, uh, that he- smells like poop, you dope. <laughs> <laughs> that's not chocolate. That's poop. It's like, they're very precocious kids. I mean, even when he's uh, playing the game at their house, they're jumping in. It's like, you suck. You suck. And they're, just, <laughs> they're literally smacking him and shit. It's like, holy shit. I, I have a feeling they got a little... He he let them like uh, have a little leeway there. Yeah, he was like, nah, fuck it, just hit me. Like, I think he really did, and I actually I think that that's one of the more charming bits of the episode. Um, is just that like you kind of just see like these kids kind of just get to be kids and yeah, and, uh, exactly. Yeah, and the whole like I said again, the the whole episode is kind of framed cinematically, and it and it's a it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it really is, and I really like the uh, the actual scenes with Michael Myers. Yeah. You know. I mean, it it actually uh, encapsulates his character very well. 
Yeah. And if you ever wanted to watch Michael Myers play a video game. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, using the wireless Atari controllers. Uh-huh. Yeah, which is pretty cool. And, you know, ahead of its time. Yeah, for real. Everything. But, yeah, I mean, I, I really like it because it's it's a fun follow-up to the other horror-based uh, games that he did for his Halloween episodes. And and it's, it's even just an entertaining episode outside of the review. Yeah. Know? It really is. It's a lot of fun. Um, but, yeah, my, my next pick uh, is actually this one. This one is kind of like my nerd moment, and I was really, I was really driving with it. But it's, it's the uh, chronologically confused about the Zelda timeline episode. Oh, no. Here we go. So Here we go. What I love about this episode is this is a pre-official Zelda timeline release, a pre-Hyrule Historia uh, piece of media that shows that the Zelda franchise did in fact have a running timeline in fact the nerd goes into detail and i'm very familiar with what he talks about i'm like nodding my head like mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yep that's exactly how it went like nintendo i know hot take nintendo actually did have a running timeline of the zelda series and if you watch this episode you can see that there was always a timeline it's just that nintendo kind of always threw it to the back and didn't care too much about you know game to game continuity and was willing to sacrifice that for you know a better a better in-game narrative, which often was sacrificed to gameplay at times. But I like how the nerd just kind of goes in game by game. And I've literally done this rant on the podcast, basically. Like, like the same thing, just starting from, you know, like the first Zelda game and showing, like, okay, so Zelda 2 was a sequel to Zelda 1. Link to the Past was a prequel to that. Link's Awakening was a sequel to Link to, the Link to the Past. And then Ocarina of Time is the prequel that is actually the backstory of A Link to the Past, telling the story of the Imprisoning War, you know, and so on. And even getting into the split timeline theory, which, again, Nintendo didn't just shove that out at the last second. Nerds were arguing about this split timeline shit back in the day. I was there. And mind you, I don't know why there was a debate, because... The split timeline was 100% a thing. I think it was confirmed in outside interviews, number one. But number two, I mean, the Wind Waker pretty much makes it explicit. Also, just conventional time travel logic. Come on, guys. There's no debate. <laughs> there was always a split timeline. Nintendo added the third split later on. That's where they cobbled that together after the fact. Because as the nerd points out, it does kind of all go off the rails once you get to Wind Waker. Because, yes, Majora's Mask takes place in the new timeline that was established when Link goes back to the past and prevents it all from happening. And we were led to believe that the original games were in the original timeline, the abandoned timeline. But then it turns out the Wind Maker takes place. And so then it's like, well, where did the original games take place then? Are they in the the, the child timeline or the, in, the, in the adult timeline? And then Nintendo, after the fact, was like, no, it's this whole separate thing. I think it's really interesting to see the nerd kind of like get into it and, and theorize and talk about like, about the series before that was established because nobody really knew how it all fit together. And there were definitely games that were just kind of like, you know, no one really cared. You know, they were just kind of, yeah, this takes place at some point. It doesn't yeah. really matter. They're kind of standalone stories. Yeah. <laughs> but here's my nerd moment. Some of the games do directly reference other games. So if you're one of those people that's like, oh, well, they're all just different games and they're all just retellings of the same legend. No, they're fucking not. The Wind Waker makes a reference to Ocarina of Time. They both exist. You know, A Link to the Past makes a reference to Ocarina of Time before Ocarina of Time came out. Like, yo, these games were connected. And I just thought it was cool to kind of see James kind of just go through that whole thing. 
Yeah, I'm. I can't say much about uh, Legend of Zelda and its uh, timeline or or whatnot because I've never been a particularly huge Zelda fan. I played I played through a few of the games, but I've never gotten that deep into it. So this episode was a good little primer for that. You mm-hmm. know, it's a good little primer for Zelda lore. You know, and but also it's good to see that uh, even back then. Uh, James and Mike, you know, they they recognize, hey, in the end, he's still a nerd. The char- this character is still a nerd, so he needs to have a moment to actually nerd out about shit. Yeah, you know. So I mean, that that's kind of what that is. It's like, and and there's a lot of those types of episodes throughout uh, throughout uh, his run on YouTube. There, there's a lot of episodes like that. <laughs> yeah, and and I think it's also kind of cool how he even kind of goes out and talks about some of the discrepancies. Like, why the fuck did Shigeru Miyamoto say that Link to the Past was at the end of the timeline? We all know that wasn't true. A Link to the Past was marketed as a prequel. It only makes sense as a prequel. <laughs> yeah, you just chalked that up to just bad memory on Miyamoto's part, probably. I really think that's what it was. I think he just misspoke. Yeah, yeah, he, he was just like, he, it's like, yeah, that's how complicated this shit is. Even the, even the original creator was just like, wait, wait, wait a second. What is what here again? <laughs> well, because, you know, they developed each game as a standalone game. First, they started with the gameplay tailored a story around that gameplay because that's uh, Zelda, Nintendo's approach with Zelda. It's always gameplay first, story later. And beyond that, it's individual story first, then overarching story later. So first it's, how can we make a fun game? Then it's, how can we develop a good Zelda story around this game? And then it's, well, where would this fit in the timeline? And I think it's obvious that they do spend some time thinking about where each game takes place in the timeline. Yeah. Well, most of them, anyway. Most of the mainline entries, I'll put. You know, there are some cases where it's like, I don't think that they really thought one way or the other about the Oracle games or about Four Swords, but... <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I love his whole rant about it. it. That's kind of, like, more like my brand of nerd right there. It's an episode that I can actually really jive with. And another chronologically confused episode. I think last uh, season I mentioned his... Uh, his uh, his his chronologically confused about like sequel uh, titles episode. Yeah, and he and he did another one about uh, Kingdom Hearts, which is oh I oh, gotta see that no. one. That that, that, that is whole, a that thing is a fucking mess. I don't know where to begin with Kingdom Hearts. I, I and that's even, all Nomura. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like god, god damn it, man. I mean, how com- how convoluted can you make one series be? Jesus Christ. But anyway, my final choice is the Nintendo Power episode, and that's because it's really interesting that here, instead of you know taking on a shitty game and taking on a console, he's talking about a specific part of people's nostalgia about gaming, which is gaming magazines. For any of us that grew up in the 80s and the 90s, I mean, all the way up until the 2000s even, Video game magazines were a huge part of gaming culture. I mean, that was where you got power. Yeah, that, that, that's where you power. got Yeah, that, that was where you got all of the all of your news about the upcoming games. It's where you learned how to, you know, how to actually play some of these games. I actually had know? a subscription to Nintendo Power back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Uh, I think up until Nintendo Power stopped publishing issues. Um, and I, I was I remember getting these uh, what, once a month, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was a monthly. Uh, it was a monthly thing. Yeah. yeah, at least at least when I was getting them, and I remember, um, even like before I actually got into Zelda, I was reading about it in Nintendo Power, and that's kind of what hooked me into the series. You know. Yeah, man, it's like that's a part of gaming that I really miss. You know, back in the day, is all the video game magazines that you should that you could get. 
You can get, you know, official PlayStation magazine. You could get uh, tips and tricks, Game Pro, uh-huh. e- Electronic Gaming Monthly. Oh, man, I actually remember all of those. Uh, and Yeah. And then, you know, you kind of get into, like, the current with, like, Game Informer and stuff. And, I mean, it's cool, but it's just not the same. It's, it, Game Informer is an industry rag. That's and, and what it is. It, it's a full industry type of uh, gaming magazine. I mean, it's you know? kind of basically the same thing. I mean, the format stays the same, but you kind of lose a little bit of the charm when the internet was just widely accessible. Not to mention that the internet just kind of disrupted even even Game Informer, so to speak. I mean, because nowadays it's like, am I going to order a monthly subscription to a magazine or am I just going to go look at a walkthrough online? Exactly. But, I mean, the Game Informer thing was just kind of roped into GameStop memberships. I think that that's how they kind of... Uh, uh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, a, a lot of people that were went to GameStop, uh, they were the ones who usually had the Game Informers. I only so. got those because I, I, was a, I was a GameStop Pro Rewards member. I think I still am, although I don't think they package the magazine subscription anymore. Probably not. But, yeah, Nintendo Power back in the day was the shit, man. So I actually kind of jive with this episode. And what what I don't, what I won't be as um, in the know about, though, was just this era of gaming where, like, the internet did not exist. I mean, you just had to wait for Nintendo Power to come in order to learn cheat codes, in order to maybe even get through a certain part of a video game. Or even to interact with other gamers on a national level. Yeah. Because they would have the letters to the editor, and that was where, you know, Gamers could kind of sound off about uh, certain issues that they have, or maybe even just share random. Even they'd even shit post kind of like there's that one which was just uh, Mike Tyson's uh, punch, like like it was a recipe for a punch drink based yeah. off of Mike Mike Tyson's punch out. So there were like literal shit posting, or that one really like uh, specific. Uh, what was it, that one specific letter where this dude basically uh, talked about how many different combinations of, uh, what, what, what was it, it like, uh, in a It was like Mario game? Paint or something? In Mario Paint. It was like all these different uh, color combinations that you could come up with. This dude actually calculated it. This man was 100% autistic. It was No, this was fucking pre-internet autism right here, ladies the, and gentlemen. There, there's nothing else that describes this no, other than this, seriously, this, 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 this reader a, being on the spectrum. And, and it's not a derogatory thing we're saying either. It's just very obvious. I am autistic. So. Yes. Yeah, so, so <laughs> we, we have somebody who can actually verify that here. So, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, you, would, you can even shitpost there. You can even uh, send in jokes and whatnot. I mean, I, and I remember even back in the day with Electronic Gaming Monthly, one of the things that they would have is uh, envelope art. Like, you could totally uh, make uh, fan art of your favorite games or whatnot and uh, send it in on, on, on the top of the envelope, and they would feature it. Yeah. You know, which, I mean, as kind of... Uh, you can kind of see that a lot with a lot of YouTubers. I mean, there's still people who make a fan, uh, they make fan art of their favorite YouTubers to mm-hmm. this day. So, yeah, but what was cool about 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 some of these, you know, about these gaming mags back in the day was that you not only got reviews of games that came out, but it was all oftentimes your first look at a game where you kind of got to see what it was about. I remember back in the day when they released that uh, pedball game Odama. And uh-huh. I, th- I was, I really wanted to play it because Nintendo Power did like a full like spread yeah. on that game. My favorite, like... my favorite uh, gaming magazine moment was when uh, Electronic Gaming Monthly did a feature on Tomb Raider, which was becoming a huge thing, and then they straight up shared the uh, the uh, internet link 
to the Nude Raider porn site. <laughs> in, in a fucking gaming magazine. They gave the link away. Base. It, that was based. It's like that was like the first time I ever saw any kind of Rule 34 pornography was Laura Croft on Nude Raider. And it, 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 it was like that was back when they, they they were making nude mods for that shit even back then. Oh man, I wonder how many like, kids like that was like their first like exposure to pornography. <laughs> pretty much right here, man. Like, shit. <laughs> but man, yeah, I mean, and, and like even like just the fun that that they had, you know, like the the Nintendo Power editors trolling the the writers. Oh, straight up trolling and people writing into them. Absolutely, just trolling them. I mean, somebody was just having a fucking ball day with it. And I think what's fun about this episode is that it's not sh- it's not like strictly like a shitty. Uh, like a review of a shitty thing. I mean, he actually has a lot of good things to say about Nintendo Power. And then, of course, he gets into, you know, the whole gross-out advertisements where it's like... That that was normal for gaming in the 90s period. Like, yeah. I remember a lot of those ads. And, yeah, they, it, it, that I think that culminated in the whole Daikatana thing where, you know, John Romero is going to make you his bitch. It kind of culminated in that. Some of this stuff know? is just like, what the fuck? It, it really was. Man, gaming was a trip back in the day. It was a fucking trip. But, I mean, that's kind of what it was about. It was edgy. It was rebellious, you know? Absolutely. (laughs) Custer's Revenge. (laughs) Oh, my God. Or Hong Kong 97. Well, I'm Beijing Tiananmen. I'm Beijing Tiananmen. It's something like that. I love Beijing Tiananmen. But uh, what's your final pick? All right. So I'm going to go with... The Spider-Man episode. Uh, the nerd reviews uh, a set of shitty Spider-Man games with the man himself, Spider-Man, who was who was played by Kyle, I believe. The yep, Kyle Justin, the uh, the actual composer of the angry video game nerd uh, theme. Yeah, and they do a pretty cool bit at the end where like they, uh, where I mean the whole thing's a bit, but uh, they they do a pretty cool like little. Uh, rendition of the spider-man song at the end that's actually really catchy it's catchy and memorable and it's fun as well it is a lot of fun but yeah this is another episode that's a little bit sketch-like you know they do a whole bit with spider-man uh reviewing all the games with the nerd yeah it's it's not unlike the bugs bunny's birthday blowout episode yeah you know not not unlike that also was youngling actually a local beer at that time yeah that's something we noticed is like you know he uh, like spider-man rejects the rolling rock for uh, what's a local brew and it's youngling and if you know anything about youngling it's like that's uh i, I think it was bought up not too long ago and it's a national brand now you can yeah. buy youngling these so days i guess that was a local brew at the time where where, where does where does he live uh i don't know i want to say midwest maybe 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 I don't think he's in the Pacific Northwest. I don't think so. I, he's not in. I don't think he was originally in California. So, oh, he's in. He's in Philadelphia. Duh. Oh, he's he's in Philly. Of course. We know that because he actually he's actually filmed uh, some shit. I mean, I remember the Rocky. The episode. Rocky episode. Of course, he's in Philly. Okay. Yeah. Well, shit. <laughs> so, okay, now I gotta look this up. Was Youngling like a? Yeah. Was was Youngling a Philadelphia local brewery? Back in the it, day? It, it is. Oh, well, shit. Pottsville, Pennsylvania. No shit. So so that was the first time that we saw Youngling was in the Angry Video Game Nerd. That is fucking cool. Maybe not necessarily Philadelphia, but yeah, Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania. It's in Pennsylvania. So yeah, that, that tracks. That wow. tracks. Okay. No, no shit. 
But interestingly enough, he only drank it for a couple of more episodes before he just went back to Rolling Rock. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool, though. You know, it uh, was. Yeah, like he, he, I did notice that in like the few like succeeding episodes, he was still he was still killing those younglings. Yeah, he was. And youngling is not a half bad brew. It really is. Oh yeah, no, I, we've got some at home actually. We've got this like Hershey youngling uh, that my dad bought. Um, uh, you know, because I'm back home for the holidays. Uh, and uh, I've been staying at my parents and sipping on these Hershey's Younglings. I had a couple of those because those are vegan. Are they? Yeah, yeah, they're vegan friendly. Oh man, so I should have brought. Those. I should have brought some of them, man, because we were talking about. We're like, man, we need we should get some Rolling Rock or at least some Youngling for this episode. Yeah, but we we got Bush Light instead, so <laughs> I guess that's our that's Texas uh, shitty brew, you know, <laughs> in general. But yeah, the Spider Man episode is a lot of fun. Um, I love, you know, obviously Spider-Man is, is one of my like favorite, you know, f- fictional characters of all time. And just seeing the angry video game nerds take on some of these games. I mean, that uh, the first game, was that an Atari game? It was an Atari game. Yes. It looked like one um, where it's like literally just going up the building and shooting webs to go up. Try he to, doesn't try actually to... crawl the building. Yeah. And I think that maybe <sighs> the Green Goblin is up there. It looks that's what that enemy at the top of the building looks like. Yeah, looks an awful lot like the Green Goblin on his flying uh, wing or whatever. But I mean, yeah, that's a great episode, and uh, it's 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 uh, memorable mainly uh, to me for the song, you know. Also, this episode was uh, made to commemorate uh, Spider-Man Three movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, so he was just trying. He was tying into the movie that was coming out at the time. That, yeah. That's awesome. Hell he yeah. does end with a review of the GBA version of Spider-Man Two movie game. Although he doesn't have a whole lot to say about it, just that he doesn't like that. Like the the, the whole like first mission of the game is just delivering pizzas, which is funny because the Spider-Man Two console game is actually one of the better superhero games that was ever released, and it does have a pizza delivery mini game. Yeah, it does. But I can <laughs> see how it'd be a problem when it's the first mission, and also it doesn't make sense. Like you're just like breaking windows to deliver pizzas like <laughs> it's like what the fuck man rather than just like a fun little mini game that you can do like in between story missions <laughs> <laughs> damn but yeah uh it, it, it's it's um it's a fun episode i love his whole like rendition of spider man who's just as appalled at these shitty games yeah i know he like spider-man gets pissed he gets pissed he gets fucking pissed and fucking drunk too also, I love how this is like a racehorse. <laughs> yeah. I also I love how like Kyle is just kind of like sitting there, like he's got like the Spidey poses down. He's like sitting there. He does like how actually. Spidey would sit. Um, you know, <laughs> and then they even have like he even have him like walk up on the ceiling, and he's like, "Hey, what are you doing on my ceiling?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's got the webbing, the web, and everything. Yeah, I, 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 I he probably. I, I, it, it seems like he actually like reuses that little bit of footage where he shoots the web out of his hand. Uh-huh. But it's it, it's really funny. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a great episode. Yeah, it is. But that's really all I had to say about that, and that's the conclusion of our list. Yep. Uh, I, I look forward to next year when we do season three. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Honorable mention, the Ghostbuster episode. Absolutely. Yeah, I had all of those toys that he has in that fucking episode, so that's a fucking big nostalgia trip for me. I had the I had the Ecto, I had the headquarters, I had the proton pack, the gun, the, the ghost trap, the PKE meter, I had all the ghosts, I had all the fucking, uh, I had the original figures, I had the uh, figures with the scary reaction on them. Dude, I had all of that, man, and it was fucking awesome. I even had the slime that you could get. You could get slime 
for them as well. So fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, it, that's awesome. That and like awesome I, I, shit. You know, and you mentioned earlier, like at some point, I think we we should like highlight that episode and kind of like talk about that and maybe yeah, the Ghostbusters franchise. Yeah, it, it's it's a three it's a three part episode. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's something that we could probably do a bonus round on. Honestly, I, I think we could. Yeah, but. I guess that's it for now. Uh, we hope that all of our listeners had a very happy holidays. I know this is kind of late. Um, this is more of like a post-holiday episode, and um, I do want to get that Grinch episode out uh, this week and then um, finish up Zelda Month, which is now no longer Zelda Month, <laughs> but Bleeding in January. But well, we'll, we'll no, finish. It's, no, it's no longer bad to, bad movie December, and we have one Either. more bad movie to do. I was thinking so about that. Like, yeah. We're, ca- we're playing catch-up, but we... Um, should be done soon, and then, um, yeah. Yeah, so stay tuned for, let's see, we did part one on Oracle of Ages, so part two will be Oracle of Seasons. So uh, hopefully this week we can get both that and the Grinch episode out. That would be great. I'm not going to make any promises. Uh, and then get into our January content. I know I want to do a year in review episode on both podcasts. It, yeah, if possible, we could do that probably a little later on this month. Yeah. And we have quite a few things going with Collateral Cinema. We have our uh, Director's Cut uh, post-holiday special, uh, which will be on uh, another uh, list of uh, Adult Swim uh, holiday episodes. So, yeah, check us out. Uh, we're doing the Boondocks, uh, Rick and Morty's Anatomy Park, and Stroker and Hoops, I Saw Stroker Killing Santa Claus. Fuck yeah. In fact, we should be recording that tonight. So Yes. Right we're we're going to be getting right into that. Um, as for our January content, uh, what I plan to have out this month is uh, our uh, two-part episode on The Witcher 3. This will be my first time playing through the game. I've never played through any of The Witcher games. I haven't even seen the TV series. So um, that'll be fun to kind of get introduced to like this whole world. Um, I have played just a tiny, tiny bit of the game so far, and I'm impressed. And, you know, it's the type of game that I would enjoy, open-world action RPG. Fuck yeah, I'm here for it. Uh, and then this month, I believe we're also supposed to be doing our uh, anniversary special on Collateral Gaming. Uh, so I wanted to do a two-part episode on Fable and Fable 2. So if we can get that all that out this month, that would be fantastic. Uh, and then we can move on with the rest of the season. What's going on with Collateral Cinema? Uh, we will be doing uh, The Wicker Man. The Wicker Man, right. Soon. We're going to do that with uh, Dads from the Crypt. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also going to be doing the Indiana Jones trilogy. That's going to be with uh, Vern from Cinema Recall. And we should be doing an uh, anime special with uh, the Retro Anime Podcast on the Project ACO series. So look for all of that and, uh, and our uh, 2023 wrap-up near the end of the month. Hell yeah. So... Find Collateral Gaming and Collateral Cinema wherever you get your podcasts. We'll have links in the show notes. Um, make sure uh, if you'd like to support the show, then uh, be sure to donate to our Patreon. You'll get access to uh, exclusive uh, video game commentaries and movie commentaries. And also check us out on Good Pods. Hit us up on social media. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Interact with us in our Facebook group, Collateral Media Podcasts. And, uh, yeah, actually let us know, guys. What did you get for Christmas? Did you get any interesting games or movies? We'd like to know. Absolutely. But, I mean, I didn't I didn't really get any games this, this year. Um, I got you a game. Yep, the Cowabunga Collection. All the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles games on Switch. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. 
and uh, I got Robert a little something too. Hopefully, he's not listening to this before he opens it. I kind of doubt it, but uh, I got him the uh, Cobra Kai game, actually the second one. Nice, because uh, we went and we watched through that entire series when he was over. So uh, I, th- I thought it was fitting. So I got my buddies some 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 Christmas games. Um, I might maybe buy myself something. Uh, as kind of like a post Christmas present sometime soon, you know, maybe just kind of because I didn't, I didn't really get any games for Christmas, so you know, maybe maybe buy myself something. One of the games that came out this year that I really wanted to get to, um, I mean, Baldur's Gate is kind of a prime choice because it was game of the year. But I also really want to get the new Dead Space. I still haven't checked it out. Yeah, it looks like a cool game. I mean, I I fuck with Dead Space. The first two games are incredible, and I you know back when that episode came out, we were talking about like they need to do a remake and then they did and then it came out on ps5 and i didn't have a ps5 yet now i do so (laughs) (laughs) well there you go but yeah uh stick around for more content like i said uh the grinch episode i'd like to get that out as soon as possible um if we don't get it out this week i I don't really see the point so (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah but yeah that is the plan but yeah guys so, uh, again, we hope you had a very happy holidays and uh, have a very happy new year. We're recording this uh, actually on uh, January 2nd, so very fresh for us. Absolutely. We, yep. uh, we just, uh, yeah, we're, we're coming into 2024 strong. Absolutely. Looking forward to the rest of it. Fuck yeah, man. Well, with that being said, I've been Ashley Chancellor. And I'm an ass. <laughs> Shit pickle. Shit pickle. Shit pickle. Shit pickle. Gonna go home and eat chicken and rice. Later, y'all. The angry video game nerd is here. He hates the games that stink. He knows which games to break. He just might even hate them all. Cause he's mad for fucking sake. You better watch out, don't give these games a try. You better not play them, he's telling you why. The angry video game nerd is here. Collateral Gaming is a collateral media podcast. All music and game clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us, we're poor.